Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington, with our daily podcast during these uncertain times uh, across the country. Have a, a we've had a tremendous list of guests up till now, but we have a special one for people that are college basketball fans in the Northwest. Um, just finished up his sixth year as the women's head coach at the University of Oregon. Before that, was at Gonzaga, the University of Portland, and St. Mary's. None other than National Coach of the Year, I believe. Correct me if I'm mistaken. Coach Kelly Graves. Kelly, how are you? Hey, I'm pretty good this morning. How about you, Dan? Well, I'm good doing great here. with these uh, uncertain times. You know, the one nice thing is to get to spend a little bit more time at home with the family, with the kids. Got to get creative with work, how you get things done, um, you know, but most go-getters have a way to figure that out. Uh, your team was exactly that, a bunch of go-getters this past season. Um, unfortunately, the season ended so quickly. How did you deliver the message to your team after having uh, a team that looked like you had a legitimate chance, maybe was even going to be a favorite to win a national title? Um, well, it was, um, I still haven't actually seen everybody from the team. I mean, we, uh, we played in our PAC 12 championship game on a Sunday, trying to get a little better lighting on a Sunday. And, um, I've always done this with all my teams, including all those years at Gonzaga after the championship game, I told them, I said, well, you know, I'll, let's take the week off. I'll, I'll see y'all Saturday night. So I gave them that whole week off. And I went recruiting. Actually, first I stayed at Gonzaga and watched uh, Will and, and his team win the WCC championship there in Vegas. And then uh, and then I went recruiting. And when I uh, got the message on Thursday morning that the NCAA was going to cancel the tournament, 
you know, I sent a text to everybody because most of the team, or at least more than half the team, was still at home or away from Eugene. And, and I gave them the news via text. I, I'm sure most of them knew, you know, as quickly as I did. And, um, you know, and I just said, if you're at home, stay home. There's no reason to come back. And so Friday, I actually flew back from the – I was in the south. And I flew back uh, Thursday night and then met with the team that was – here in Eugene on Friday morning. We, we did our best to talk through it, kind of console each other, uh, do the best we, we, we could at the moment, and then uh, laid out the plan and told them, you know, basically they were allowed to go home because everything, uh, their final exams uh, were coming up and they were going to be done remotely and then spring break. And I said, you know, those that want to go home, and quite frankly, most of them took off in the, you know, over the next day or so. You know, it sounds like um, you are you adjusted to the times, uh, where you were at, where your team was at, uh, trying to get a message out. And that's something that the best coaches do, regardless of the situation, whether it's in a game uh, or whether it's something in life that you've got to share a message with. How did you learn how to adjust on the fly as a coach? Who would your coaching mentors have been that really kind of implemented how you process things and how you work as a coach? Well, unfortunately, this there is no playbook for this. This is a first. Uh, we didn't know how to, you know, I, I honestly didn't know how to handle it uh, early on. I was just flying by the seat of my pants. I, I uh, just wanted to make sure that my team was comforted, you know, best they could be and taken care of, whether that be, you know, uh, get, get back home or, or, you know, stay here until we got some more information. Um, you know, I, I think just, uh, you know, I was taking and talking to other coaches about what they were doing. I was, uh, you know, getting input from our administration as to how the university was going to proceed from there on out. So I think, you know, and then I relied on our team. We have a, a team full of leaders. And you talked about being uh, one of the favorites. I think we were the favorite. Analytically, uh, all, all the computers, um, you know, had us as the favorite. Las Vegas had us as the favorite to win this thing. And it was just, it was our year. And so I think our team, you know, was, was really disappointed. But I, you know, I tried to, to, to comfort them and just say, you know, listen, everybody uh, at this time, it's not just us. It's, it's everything. It's every team. It's high school kids playing for their state championships. They were denied and it was on and on and on. And so, um, you know, we just tried to look big picture and, and, and just say this was the, the, the right decision that was made. It's unfortunately, unfortunate. We'll always have a hole in our heart, um, you know, for what could have been. But at the same time, you know, we have to think big, big picture. Yeah, I think big picture is very important. Unfortunately, in the state of Washington, you mentioned high school seniors are missing out on the, the final finality of their spring sports season. Um, many of them are looking to become a college athlete you had one of the most iconic uh college athletes of recent memory on your team this past season she had another historic year sabrina unescu talk about what separates her and the work ethic that a high school kid must understand um allows someone to have that type of success well you know she She's won pretty much, well, not pretty much, she's won every single national award this year and won most of them last year as well. You know, she's just one of those players that, you know, I wish every coach had a chance to coach because she's the entire package. 
looking back to when she was in high school, you know, she wasn't the biggest kid. She's not the, the fastest kid. She doesn't jump the highest. Um, you know, I consider her a really good athlete because to me, athleticism is more than just jumping high and running fast. You know, it's, it's hand-eye coordination. It's, it's uh, balance. It's uh, strength. It's, uh, uh, you know, IQ, everything else that goes into it. So she is a, a tremendous athlete in that regard. But, you know, she just works harder than everybody. And uh, she just has that competitive spirit that she can't teach. And she's always had it. You know, I, I saw her when she was a youngster in ninth grade. And, you know, she could barely fit into her uniform. She was just so skinny. But I'm telling you, she competed and competed and competed and, and never gives up, never quits. Uh, a great teammate in that she, you know, she sets, obviously she sets an example, but she earns the respect of her teammates because she works hard, because she, you know, earns their trust. Um, uh, you know, I, people say, well, what, you know, and she always came up big in the biggest moments. Um, uh, but a great teammate, you know, is loved by her, her, her teammates and, and just, she does everything that you're supposed to do. And, you know, as a student athlete as well, Dan, I mean, my goodness, she graduated in three years and it's not like she was, uh, not doing anything in this or, or staying here each summer and go, taking classes. She played for, for USA basketball, uh, pretty much every summer. So she just, in everything she does, she finds a way to do it the best she can. And she's not the most gifted in everything, but I'm telling you, there's not a harder worker uh, anywhere. Hard work separates people in any industry, in any sport. Uh, you mentioned when you were started recruiting her or evaluating her early in her high school career, some things that stood out to you. What are non-negotiables for you as a coach when you go out and evaluate and see kids? Um, because unfortunately in this day and age, too many people get wrapped up in points or uh, things that don't necessarily catch a, a legitimate coach's eye to be able to put them together in a team. Well, with me, these are the five things I look for when I'm recruiting. Number one, athleticism. And it's an athletic game, and we, we want to compete at the highest level and win national championships and Pac-12 championships, et cetera. So, you know, athleticism is important. Secondly, skill set. Um, you know, we coach a skilled game. We led the nation in, in points per possession this year. One of the, if not the greatest season in the history of college basketball. So we play a skilled game. That's the way I like to coach. Third is basketball IQ. You can tell after a few minutes whether somebody really understands how to play the game or not. Fourth is upside because we're always looking for those players that, you know, project to be better later on. I, those, that's from my Gonzaga days. You know, we, we competed at a high, high level. We always expected to, but we weren't getting the, the five-star and the blue chippers. Uh, kind of recruits. And then fifth, and the last thing that you find out about somebody, because, you know, you don't really understand this until you get to know them, and that's championship character. What what kind of person are they? So when I look at, at Sabrina, you know, number one, yes, yeah, she was an athlete. You could tell. Uh, number two, her skill set was incredible, and, and that's, you know, proven – proven true. I mean, she's the first player in NCAA history, men or women, to get 2,000 points, 1,000 assists, 1,000 rebounds in a career. It's never been done before and probably never will be again. Uh, you know, thirdly, her basketball IQ is off the charts. And you, you would be shocked at how many times I've eliminated kids from, you know, where you could just tell, you know, as a point guard, they just don't really understand the game like they should and need to. Uh, fourth, upside, 
you know, uh, I still look for that. That's not, uh, it's not, that's not a non-negotiable now. Uh, but fifth, that is character. Uh, and make sure, you know, you, you let those kids know that coaches are always watching. I've crossed players off my list who, who threw towels after they were subbed out and, and or didn't look the coach in the eye when they were talking to them. Wouldn't shake hands with the other team after, after a tough loss. Um, you know, those kind of things, I've just completely crossed them off. To me, character counts, and it counts a lot. I, I include it fifth, Dan, because you don't really see that first. Yeah. You know, the other stuff you can kind of see. Um, you know, I've crossed kids off the list. When I get into their homes during a home visit, they treat their parents poorly. Um, you know, hey, I'm not going to deal with that. If they're, if they're like that now as high school kids, they're going to be worse as college kids, I think. So uh, those are some of the things that I, that I look for. And in Sabrina's case, she passed each and every test. I mean, you're, you're talking about a model citizen as well as a great, uh, a great basketball player. You know, I love those five characteristics that you look for uh, when you're recruiting players. You also have a unique um, approach or situation because your son, Will, uh, is a walk-on at Gonzaga. So you've, I'm imagining you you had a chance to coach him in workout settings growing up because he he drew developed a love for the game, but now he's playing for somebody else. Or he also obviously in high school did too, but he's playing for someone else who's a Hall of Fame uh, to be coach in Mark Few. When you sit and watch, how much pride do you have as a dad to watch that? But then also, how much as as a parent who knows so much about the game. How do you sit back and, and allow that barrier to happen, especially at the high school level? Because I'm imagining, you know, he was a go-to guy. He, he was a focus of the team where now at Gonzaga, you know, he, he's, he's not in that similar role. Yeah, well, quite frankly, it's been tough and it's been trial and error. You know, my first son, Max, uh, you know, was, uh, was a heck of a high school player. In fact, was on the Gonzaga prep team that won a state championship when he was a sophomore. And and uh, he could have played Division One basketball at uh, you know at some level, um, and, and I I think I kind of pushed him a little bit too much, or at least that's what I'm told now by everybody involved. And so it's been a little trial and error. Uh, Will's my third son, and by the time he got uh, playing high school, you know I would try to talk to him after games about things he could do better, and then he wasn't listening. And so then I would text him during the game, knowing that he would get the text after the game, like, hey, you got to run harder uh, in transition or whatever the case may be. That didn't work. And finally, by his senior year, Dan, I'd kind of figured it out. I just kind of hands-off approach, just supported him, loved him. If he wanted to talk, we would talk about it. But I never really trained him much. Uh, in terms of, you know, getting in a gym and working him out. He's done that on his own with players or with his teammates, friends, and other coaches. And then now that he's been at Gonzaga, I mean, I'm not going to tell Coach Few what to do, although I will say my kid shot 60% from the three-point line. And like, <laughs> Mark, let's get him some time, buddy. Jeez Louise. But anyway, uh, I, I've had a chance to just really uh, uh, watch, appreciate, you know, you know, that he gets to play. We do talk after most games and uh, it's pretty superficial. We don't really get involved into the nitty gritty. Uh, I will tell you this though. We won our championship on Sunday 
uh, Tuesday, they cut down their nets and celebrated. I took more joy in his victory and celebrating with the Gonzaga fans and teammates and, and everybody as I did on our own victory. So, you know, it, uh, it brings me a lot of joy to see him happy. He loves it there. I know he's being treated well. And you mentioned he's a walk-on. And that's what I love about Coach Few and his team. They don't treat him like a walk-on. They, they treat all their players the same. Uh, they're all equal partners in what they're doing. And I, I appreciate that. And that's the same kind of philosophy I think we have here. And that's what's made our program so strong. Absolutely. I, some tremendous words of advice for, for parents who are helping their student-athletes uh, navigate the waters of, of high school basketball and hopefully for many the case of getting to college. Coach, I know you're busy. You've got other um, responsibilities you've got to get to. Uh, we appreciate the time. Um, I know you're at Oregon. You're down in Eugene. You're having tremendous success. But know that plenty of people in the state of Washington are still following, supporting, and, and rooting you on. Well, I appreciate Dan, uh, all that, Dan. And, and I'll tell you, I'm still a Zag at heart. You know what I mean? I, I took, a, like I said, a lot of joy, and I had a chance to reconnect with a lot of people during that WCC tournament. I know that, uh, that they follow our progress here, but, hey, I, when, when the Zags win, I win. I feel real good for them. So uh, 14 years I was there as the head coach. That's a long time. You don't just uh, forget about that overnight, that's for sure. Absolutely. Well, thanks. But again I wish you the best. It. And I, I really enjoyed watching you play back in the day, big guy. You were there when I first showed up, yeah. you know, and uh, you were, hey, in, in my opinion, still one of the, the all-time greats, buddy. <laughs> well, I appreciate it again. Thanks for joining the Scorebook Live Washington Today podcast. Best of luck and thanks, uh, look to see you guys again next year. Okay, buddy. See ya. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.